It is easy for worship leaders to feel alone. There is tremendous pressure on us each week to perform, to lead, and to help direct an amazing experience of worship and connection to God. But it's so overwhelming. There's no place to go to talk through these unique challenges worship leaders face. Welcome to the table. Hey guys, welcome to the next episode of The Table. Uh, I'm Jason, the, the Director of Mentorship for Worship Leader. Uh, hey, today's conversation is with Ryan Dahl. Ryan is the founder of Praise Charts, and uh, this month we're talking about uh, how to put out fires on Sunday mornings, how to be prepared for all the things that come your way, and uh, Ryan and I sit down and talk about um, how Praise Charts in the digital space and um, everything on his corner of ministry can help uh, make those things happen. So join us in this conversation uh, with Ryan. Hey everybody, welcome to the next episode of the Table Podcast. Uh, my name is Jason Squires. I am the Director of Mentorship uh, with Worship Leader Magazine. And today uh, I have a special guest today. Um, hey Ryan, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? My name is Ryan Dahl. Some people know me as uh, the founder of Praise Charts, and other people know me as Dad, or some people know me as their uh, cornhole community player. So uh, I've got awesome. lots of identities. <laughs> Depending on the day, is, is, who, right. is who you are, is who you are, where you are. Uh, exactly. That's cornhole. You're you're, you're cornhole. Oh uh, yeah, every every week. Last night I played probably twelve games for three hours. I woke up this morning. My arms are sore. My legs are sore. That's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. No, so you probably have like you have multiple sets, like the not just the ones you buy at the store. Did you? Have, oh have, have yeah. You, have you built your own set or is? Yes, I've built probably twenty sets. I think oh. I'm probably three or four thousand dollars invested into my cornhole <laughs> empire. So uh... cornhole empire, that's, <laughs> that's fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, tell us about you, family life, ministry life. Some people yeah. know you as the founder of Praise Charts. This Some people, this little company that does core charts. Um, yeah. But yeah, right. tell us about you. Sure. Well, the cool thing is about the. The overlap of family and praise charts is they've all grown up together. I literally, I started praise charts in 1998 when my daughter, uh, my second daughter was born. My first son was just, you know, one or two years old. So now all these kids are grown. They're out of the house. Uh, one's married, one's getting married, uh, one's working and others in college. So it's like the whole lifespan is a parallel of me and ministry and then praise charts and watching these kids grow up. So today I am married to my wife, Tracy. She's a clinical counselor, which is wonderful because I get free counseling. I mean, <laughs> isn't that great? That's, so so. Do, does that mean you lose arguments or you, how does that, how does <laughs> that, that mean? More often than not, she's right. So That's right. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I don't know if it's a benefit or not. And then, uh, and then my oldest son, Isaiah, actually, uh, funny enough, the story about him is he studied to be a builder 
and then eventually discovered that his heart really beat beaded for uh, you know technology and design and uh, I tried desperately not to hire him because I wanted him to go and kind of do his own thing in his life and have that freedom but um, I just couldn't resist and about four or five years ago we brought him into our team so he's like literally six feet away from me listening to how I'm talking about him this morning so uh, so that's Isaiah and then we have Lydia. Okay, I'm just going to say this in your podcast, but my daughter is a sex educator. So that's what she does for a living. There you go. She goes around to high schools and teaches kids about their bodies and, uh, you know, how to think positively and rightly about what to do with your body at the right times in life. There so you that's go. her role. And uh, my son, Matthias, is a geomatic engineer in the works and my youngest son is studying business at school so and i have a granddaughter so that's pretty fun as well so that's my family life that's amazing that's amazing mm -hmm. so you um you launched praise chart you said 1998 mm -hmm. what what kind of got you into that like what was the like what what was the tell us a little bit about that journey yeah well it's kind of i definitely was a, a worship pastor for all my early years and immersed in the world of music and bands and just trying out lots of different things. And eventually I started trying to add some brass and wind and instruments and learning the trumpet and, and piano, guitar, bass, tuba, oboe. I just kind of like had it all and needed music for these kids that wanted to play their instruments in my little band, which was literally in a high school gym with a sound system that one Sunday morning, it literally started smoking. I mean, that's how bad our system was. I've, wow. I've been through it all, man. <laughs> wow. I know that was possible. I know. So let's just say we didn't sound like the album. You know, we, yeah. we, we made it up. But uh, it was those early, fumbling, authentic years of just trying to find our way through this new you know, worship world that was really unfolding. A lot of new music in the time was coming out. Like if you can remember the early years of a little bit of Paul Balash and some Hillsong was just coming out. Passion and Worship Together had just started. And it was like this new sound was evolving. And the music industry, the sheet music industry, if you might say, was kind of bent on a fairly slow progress like it took six or eight months for them to get the music into a catalog and then out to you and then order it and then three months later it came and and uh we were like i just heard this so song and i want to sing it on on sunday that yeah. kind of urgency so that's kind of like the early years of what was happening uh the tension inside of me as a worship leader going i need music and i don't know where to get it and uh, and i want a newer fresher more authentic vibrant sound um and i also wanted to involve a lot of different kids playing lots of different instruments so so that was kind of the birthplace of where praise start started i mean i literally i was licking envelopes photocopying i got permission from a couple of publishers then i tried faxing music to churches uh, I went through all these little iterations, you know, I tried learning HTML to create a web page and create lists and learn how to create bullets and links, all these like basic things that I just hacked at it, trying to find a way to get music out to people. And eventually it started to kind of catch on, I guess. So there you go. 
that's amazing last week's podcast mm-hmm. we talked to aaron stewart from planning center and yeah um i love how both of you kind of just saw a problem and went for the solution like it was yeah. like we there's a problem how do i fix it and you know many years later it's mm-hmm. it's it's a thing like everybody's like oh yeah praise charts of course it's been around forever and we just yeah. assume that we assume that it's always existed and never realize you never stop and think like it started with a fax machine <laughs> i mean yeah. it started in know. you know licking envelopes and um and yeah that's amazing and that's the amazing funny thing about aaron and i are good friends we've sat uh, in the office together a few times and shared our stories and he was a worship pastor in the early days of praise charts and was like consumed praise charts music as he was in the stage of inventing planning centers so it's it's amazing to look back at parallel stories like that and yeah uh, we're both kind of inventors i think in our spirits and want to create solutions and want to solve problems so that's what we try to do Absolutely. So now are you only are you solely on at praise uh, doing praise charts? Yeah. Or is it or you're not at a church anymore, correct? No, no, I am. I am. Uh, you know, my church world has a little bit uh, gone kerfuffled through the COVID. You know, we're still kind of working that out in my own kind of personal ministry. But I have I have a few places. There's a, a men's and women's recovery center that I lead worship at often and uh, and our church when it is able to meet i'm still you know connected involved there in fact leading a, a night of worship in a couple of weeks so i love to do that and get this i i love to do it for free <laughs> like just awesome. i don't want to be on staff i don't want to be paid i just want to come and and serve so that's a real joy you just said on the podcast that you like working for free. I just want to point that I out. I, I just <laughs> yes. want to. That's right. You can yeah. reach Ryan at ryandoll.com. No, I'm just kidding. That's, um, right. that's right. Yeah, right. Uh, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And I love that heart that comes from that. And like, I love the, mm-hmm. like the, the ministry side of that. And I love that um, you got, you have, you have this, this, like you said, this passion to, to help the church and be a part of the church. And, and it's not just like, how do I succeed and how do I, like how, no. do, how, what is the next, what is the next way to do something? Or it's not just uh, a lot of times yeah. small businesses are started with the idea of just making a dollar and you're like, no, I have, I see a problem yeah. and I want to fix it and I want to go after it. And the heart yeah. of it isn't, that's awesome. I love it. I've definitely found that like the real joy, the real prize of life is to be able to get to a place where if your core needs can be taken care of, then you can really start thinking about serving others or helping others and and not trying to always like monetize it so certainly there's a business side to praise charts yeah but right the funnest part of life is doing stuff you know for free really out of a heart of, of service that's that's where i get the most joy for sure i love it yeah well this month on our podcast we're talking about um putting out fires on sunday morning the 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 things that come the problems that arise um that happen and um tell us uh, first let's tell us the worst fire you've had on a sunday like i Mm -hmm. I just i love these words i love these stories and so i'm like what is the what is that you talked about a smoking soundboard a minute ago but like what is (laughs) what is the biggest issue you've ever had come up on a sunday morning because these are fun stories well i've got a couple of stories and most of them are not about other people they're more about myself and just the dealing with the tremendous sense of uh tension and pressure of a thousand details so i'm i'm like i'm remembering 
1998 in February. So I'm about three months out from April and there's pressure to make Easter great. We've just moved into a new facility out of that gym where the smoking sound system was. And I was like, I wanted to make it awesome, but I was falling behind underneath details that I just couldn't keep track of. And so I do remember a moment I was in my office and feeling so much pressure that I literally like got down on the floor, nose to the ground under my desk in a chair. And I was like begging God, either like get me out of here or help me escape or, or help me. I just, it was like overwhelming strain and nobody saw me no i mean when i went out of my office people think oh there's ryan he's got it all together but i didn't meanwhile so yeah. it was like the personal thing and then a second experience i had you're gonna think i'm a fumbling basket case with these stories but um <laughs> i remember leading worship we had just gone to two services and the first service it was like the band sounded so bad <laughs> they weren't following me very well People weren't singing. They were tired, holding their coffee. I don't know what they were doing. Half sort of fumbling into the service. It's just, I got to the end of the service and I just felt so demoralized. I'm just sorry to say it, that I went back behind the stage between services into the prayer room, got down on the floor again and was like, God, please don't make me go out there again because there was a second service coming. So I definitely have strong mer memories of like the weakness that I felt as a leader trying to make something happen. Yep. And um, in those early days, it was, it was just really hard. Like it would have been awful if we had YouTube back in those days, I would have felt demoralized because I'd be like, I don't sound anything like that. At yeah. least I didn't know what I didn't sound like nowadays you know what you don't sound like, <laughs> right? So, yeah, right. Yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. Um, what are what are some things? Uh, we I, I what are some things I should do while prepping charts to help mitigate issues on Sundays? You're 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 in yeah. the chart prepping world. You're mm -hmm. in you're you kind of like that is that is the beginning of. I mean, praise charts. You got into the problem. You see the problem. You fix it. Yep. Um, as a worship leader, I don't. Creatives are not the most. Um, organized humans right. on the planet and it's like that's a that's a skill that doesn't come with being a creative but we we are forced to do that um mm -hmm. in the in the in the job description so like what are some ways what are some things we could do in chart preparation what are some ways to kind of help that process let's, let's talk yeah. through that a little bit i think i got some really good thoughts about this because one of the dangers of praise charts is that you can't like just you can't download worship leading and you can't download a successful Sunday. All you can download is like music that somebody else wrote. So my biggest, my biggest recommendation for anyone, and I do this personally when I use praise charts, is you've got to find a way to make that chart that somebody else wrote, make it like it's your own, like you wrote it. Um, even songs, I feel that other people are writing our songs, they're writing our charts, and we feel like we could just download them, not look at them and throw them in front of people and somehow feel like connected or authentically engaged with this song that we didn't write in a chart we didn't write. And so 
I, one of my encouragements would be you got to like get that chart, get it onto your desk and get out a pen, or you can even go into praise charts and edit the charts, you know, like main, not change in lyrics and stuff like that, but, but just like, it's got to feel like it's your own. That's yep. what I'm saying. Even yep. if you didn't write the song, you have to sing it like you wrote it, you know, and, um, one of the things you're potentially missing out, and this sounds like I'm trying to unsell praise charts, but you're you're missing out when you download a chart from praise charts is because you didn't write it, your brain didn't go through the process of internalizing the rhythms and the chords. And, and uh, the funny thing is that that's why I started praise charts, because I just love, I love chord progressions. I love figuring out the inner workings of a song. And I feel like I get to do that when I make charts for praise charts. But um, in some ways, I steal that opportunity from other people, right? So, uh, yeah, that's kind of one of one of the things. I mean, I, we could talk about administration of how do you sort and file and your music and all of no, that. That's a but, big, no, I think that's a good point, though, because yeah. it's not, like you said, you're not internalizing it. And so, but like internalize it and make it, making it your own. I mean, last yeah. month, we last month, we talked about the whole month we talked about kind of making your own sound and creating your own sound right and so that goes along the lines of like you want to make sure that your your uh the, the the chart is you and the chart is right and, and um the chart is you and your church and i mean yep. that's yeah that's huge totally and i talked to guys like yesterday i'm just on the phone with travis cottrell you probably know his name him and yep. i are good buddies and you know he uses praise charts and he'll get the finale file and he'll go and like tweak the vocals or there's different things. So we've actually enabled in praise charts, you can get the finale file or you can edit the chord chart, but there's actually ways online that you can, you can just make a few tweaks that represent that you have, you have really bought into the song, not just bought the song. I guess that's the kind of message I want to say. And some of the greatest worship leaders we know of who maybe even use praise charts still go through that process if they're singing someone else's song, you know? So that's a good encouragement. I love it. Mm -hmm. um, what uh, a lot of people are transitioning to digital charts. I mean, I remember, I remember the days of uh, having my giant binder and, you know, flipping through and it, you had to, you had to take that giant binder somewhere. And like, I didn't, maybe I didn't print enough charts off on Sunday morning. Like what are some, what are some budget friendly ways to jump into digital charts? Like what yeah. are like, it's everybody sees the dollar sign like do i need to buy a bunch of ipads like what is what is like what are some like easy ways to say this is this is a step into digital charts yeah. um yeah what are what are your th sure. thoughts on well that? i can i can tell you that certainly at praise charts as well we we've i'm very sensitive to the whole budget friendly mode i mean even if you go to praise charts one of our primary links says budget friendly we've just we're trying to when I started Praise Charts back in the 90s, I had like a limited budget. It was a couple hundred dollars a year kind of a thing. So I'm thinking, well, how do we make churches go the distance, not on a on a ton of money? So I totally get that. And we've done things in Praise Charts like you got prepaid credits where you can save, you know, if you if you if you spend a hundred dollars today, it can be worth like two hundred or a hundred and fifty or something for the distance if you commit to a system and and even systems like Song Select is like that, where if you pay a membership and it's just like you buy into a system, 
um, and then use it and just make it make it worth it. A lot of sites like Praise Charts that create music um, do that. But this is the most important thing I want to say about this budget-friendly topic is um, good music and well-written music is worth its weight, right? Amen. So, like, don't go for cheap because you're going to get cheap. Um, you know, don't look at a $2.58 chart and go, well, I could save $2.58 and just get it free. So, you know, that $2.58 chart, do you know that someone initially probably spent 45 minutes going through every measure and making sure the chords were right in the right place and the right rhythms, the right lyrics? Then in our praise charts world, it got edited and re-edited numerous times over the next couple of months as we layered up on that chart. So that chart is worth $2.50, right? <laughs> and the that's next right. one, that's the one that's worth, um, we're selling charts for literally like $5.95 that I have arrangers spending five or six hours on and they're worth Fifty or sixty dollar an hour, like or forty or whatever. They're yeah, yeah. like they're not minimum wage people, right? So right. that was kind of a message I just wanted to say is these guys that understand music, they understand chord progression, they understand vocal dynamics, all of that stuff, and then they're selling that level of work for a couple of bucks to save you hours and make you look good. So. Um, you know, that's kind of a context for the the whole budget friendly conversation. No, I love it. I think that's an I mean, being a songwriter, it's like that you you are honoring you're honoring the the craft, first of all, by not yeah. but by, by paying for it. And then but being a but being a part of that and helping invest in people so they can continue doing yeah what it is that you're hoping to benefit from by having these charts available on on yeah. on, on a weekend. Yeah, I love that. That's yeah. I think that's, that's a good. yeah. Um, and I want to maybe yeah. just add in to say, like, about praise charts, you think different companies have brands, you know, Nike and uh, Reebok or whatever. But like one of the brands, uh, that thing we want to be known for in praise charts is that we care about the the precision. So like we're really into that. We We care that it's the right chord in the right place and the right lyric. And then we fix stuff when it's broken. So I just want you to know that and anyone kind of listening is that you could have that confidence that they do care uh, about making great charts. And and so that is, you know, it's valuable for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, um, when when I'm buying a chart from Praise Charts, <laughs> is that I get the copy of it. Now, what's the what's what, what's the right way to do that? Is it okay? I buy. Yeah, let's 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 let's, let's chat about this because we're talking about okay. the cost of it. So, like, what's the right way to do that? Am I am I buying it and then distributing it to my team? Yeah. Kind of. How does that work? I will tell you exactly. And you want to know something that literally just rolled out yesterday, and this blows my mind that we even have this relationship. But Song Select, which is owned by CCLI, just posted active links throughout their site which is a quote-unquote competitor to praise charts and they're now linking to praise charts from all their songs so i'm sure most of your users that's will awesome. use song select yep so so ccli we are like huge proponents of them 
and we're working more and more cooperatively, you're going to see rolling out into praise charts, very specific, like iconic graphics that say this part you can use your CCLI membership to make copies of. But this part, you need to buy um, permission to copy. And it's only like a buck or a buck and a half or something like that. So we're trying to make that explicit in, in praise charts. But uh, the bottom line, like the simple answer would be core charts are clear with CCLI. So we don't ask you to buy copies of core charts. Just make sure that you, you're, you're with CCLI buy one copy of ours and that's great. Acquire sheet, don't go and buy a choir sheet from us and send it, make a hundred copies for your choir and then just put CCLI on it. That that kind of, that that irks a little bit. You know? <laughs> yeah, I understand. So uh, anything where there's like more sophisticated arranging, piano vocal, um, you know, vocal arranging, that kind of stuff, CCLI tends to say a message that, those aren't intended to be used with their license unless you're getting it from Song Select. And so there's a bit of a gray, fuzzy area as to some of the crossover of that, but we're trying to make it more explicit in praise charts and really show that praise charts and CCLI are friends. Like we, we're working cooperatively and even cross-linking between each other. I love, I love it. Yeah. I love it. On, so on Sunday mornings when problems happen, um, talk to us about... Because I mean, from your years of experience in leading worship and and also working in and running a business, because I I mean I understand the side of it too, is like how do I how do I know um, I should I should put the fire out or how do I know if I should pivot to something else? So if oh, I'm a yeah. leader and it's like like I like I I've been we we've all been in a situation where it's like I just keep running up against the problem, and yeah, um, there's a point when you need to pivot versus there's a point when you go I can I can I can finish it and we can be ready for the morning right. like what does that kind of talk to us about that sure well I don't know if I'll have the expected answer for this question because uh well let's just say this I think probably about 80 percent of the work that I do in my life in my you know running praise charts I think 80% of the time I'm kind of fumbling around doing things that end up not really working that well, but I keep moving forward. I yep. keep trying. I keep, I take my left foot, I put it in front of the right foot and I just keep going. So I just want anyone who might look at praise charts and go, wow, like what an amazing website. How did you ever like stumble upon that or something? Let me tell you, there is a rock pile of dung <laughs> all around the edges of it of bad mistakes and things that don't work and um it's just constant so that was like the first thing i just wanted to say is it's natural and normal for the greatest leaders to fail right and and fail small like just but just keep moving forward and don't get frozen in your decision. Like, I don't want to make a mistake. I don't want to, don't want to not do the right thing. I mean, I'm doing the wrong thing most of the time, all the time, <laughs> but I just keep moving forward. Yep. Right. And, uh, and then here's the, the other perspective on that is the 20%. And this is not calculated. I don't have a spreadsheet for this, but uh, it's just kind of in principle, there's a small portion 
of things that I do that, uh, and I honestly, I'm not that egotistical, but I think they're just pure genius. <laughs> I've stumbled yeah. upon a couple of things in my life and they're worth the prize of all of the mistakes that I had to make along the way. And um, the, the landscape of leadership is full of stories like this from Colonel Sanders, who got turned down like a thousand times before he found his right recipe. And, and so, um, you know, um, all these great people uh, have failed a lot. So I guess that's kind of something I want to say is, I don't know how to tell you when you're going to exactly know how to avoid a mistake in front of you. But I can say, just keep moving forward, right? Yeah. Have no, good intentions. Great check your heart and know that like know that your heart is pure know that you're looking for a solution and build a culture of grace around you uh that's what we try to do in in praise charts we 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 can't take ourselves that serious we laugh a lot my staff makes fun of me all the time for like stupid things i say and do but <laughs> it's like oh well you know yeah we're here so we're 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 trying our best. So there you go. <laughs> that's that's awesome. <clears throat> the um I love that though cuz that you're I mean in all, in all reality you answered the question without maybe thinking you answered the question because it's it is it is I love what you said about building a culture of grace um yeah. around around it because oftentimes we find ourselves beating like you can be we are our own worst critics in those moments where you go maybe I I thought I failed but maybe that's actually not the case. Um, people yeah. are, you know, people are seeing, people see something else that maybe I see in myself, but also, um, being okay with mistakes. Like that's a, yeah. that's a, that's a huge, um, that's a huge thing to accept. Cause it's not, right. it's not an easy thing to say, like, I'm, I'm okay with failure. Like, I, but in order yeah. to, in order to fail, um, in order, in order to, to do great things, you have to fail first. Like that's, yeah. I mean, nobody swings for the fence and gets it the first time. No. You're not. Yeah. And you got to know if you're a leader, you have to build that culture of grace in people that you lead. And if you're a leader or a follower, you got to have it for yourself. But I like that. I mean, I know I said it, but now now we've kind of set it together. A culture of grace enables progression, right? And enables mm -hmm. forward moving. That's what keeps people uh, putting their feet in front of each other and just, and that's how success happens. So, yeah, that's, yeah. Um, my wife and I are one of our pre COVID, one of our fun things to do was to um, get in the car and drive to Hollywood and go see live tapings of the voice. It's, uh, oh, yeah. you can, you can, you can, the tickets are free, which is my favorite part. And you just have to get on a wait list and they say, come on in. Um, we've, pr we've probably seen six or seven, episodes taped live and uh i've seen failure at, at that level where they yeah. i mean there was a, one of the episodes we were watching one of the the a lot of people don't realize that they're actually filming it in real time and so the set changes happen during the commercial breaks hmm. and so you have like 90 seconds to flip the stage from one set to the other which from the production side of me it's fascinating when i was because you're watching all the people, the doors open and all the guys are moving around. But there was one, uh, there was one episode that we were watching and uh, one of the guys was trying to tie something down and he couldn't get it to tie down. And they're bringing three, two, one. 
and he grabs the rope and lays down and just holds it for, 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 for the entire song. You can't see him in the shot, but you can see him in the room. He's just laying there on the ground behind the set, hoping that he doesn't drop this thing that's flying yeah. in the air that he couldn't get tied off. And I was like, even in this moment, <laughs> there's, there's, there is, you know, pivot. You're trying to find a, a way to get, to get to the, to get to the end. And, um, you know, yeah. like they make mistakes. We everybody, everybody makes mistakes. So yeah, really good. Um, what are, uh, so you praise charts, you got the, the, the chart side, and I know you guys are also moving because done a lot in the, in the digital space with, uh, different, di- different products that you guys have, like with, 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 uh, uh, worship keys. And, mm-hmm. um, what are, what are some ways I can use the digital space to help me be successful on a Sunday? Like what are what what are some ways that I can use um, some of those things that you guys are doing to make Sunday morning better? Yeah, well, I think I'd have to really lean into some of my uh, friends as well, and this is something I just wanted to say to your listeners: is I'm a part of, and same with Aaron Stewart, we're a part of this uh, group or network that we call the Worship Innovators. So we're all like these innovators that are trying to make solutions in the digital space. So guys that are in that are like on song and worship tutorials, Sunday sounds, planning center, loop community, song select is in it, uh, worship artistry. These are all uh, websites that are taking the songs that we all love to sing and then spinning up different things like worship artistry is about learning the songs and great, really great, rich video resources that you can, you know, go through, walk through measure by measure. And, and um, so that was like one message I wanted to say is just giving you a little peer peek behind the curtain to see like Aaron and myself and Matt McCoy and uh, a bunch of these guys, like we're all actually friends, you know, and we're all for each other. And we're trying to promote each other and even build uh, back-end digital highways behind each other. So just a little back-end thing right now is literally within weeks, OnSong is coming out with a major upgrade to their platform, which is an iPad reader. And I use OnSong all the time. But you're going to basically be able to find praise charts, the fullness of the catalog, at your fingers inside on song so you'll oh, search for the song that's amazing then, i know so so i would highly recommend you watch for this next upgrade i think it's going to be one of the biggest most practical upgrades they've done because there and um you know the guys that are leading jeremiah and uh, uh um anyways the, the guys that yeah jason that's it yep yep they are so excited about what we're doing at praise charts and i meet with them and i tell them when i go and lead worship i got on song on my ipad and i've hacked the way to get my praise charts into their site right so um so there's some back end cooperation going on just like what i just told you with song select and praise charts that link so that you can dance between these two sites and Loop Community, we have cooperated hugely together, and they link to us. We'll link to them. Matt and I do podcasts together. Planning Center, we're working hard. We're halfway there, but we're working on a better integration so that you can find all your music easily organized and accessible. 
certainly you can go into planning center and hook up to your your praise charts account and find your music just populating we're trying to make that better so um i'm really into uh cooperating with my quote-unquote competitors yeah and i think it speaks loudly like i have no greater competitor probably than song select but i love those guys and we are emailing back and forth high-fiving each other and promoting each other so i feel like that's a, a kingdom mentality to how business should be done so, oh i love that i mean you guys each have a different corner of the digital space yeah but i mean it's you guys are the creating that way to bring it all together and make the worship leaders job so much easier you're yeah. making it's not mess it's not worship leaders going there's there's a hundred different places to look and i don't know how to look at all of them and it's like no exactly. each of us talk to each other yeah. in our own in our own space and that's amazing and i love the fact that you all have the relationship behind the scenes and it's yes. not like we're creating our thing in a dark lab <laughs> over here with <laughs> without without talking to anybody and then we release it you know and then it's no. um but now, but you guys are like actually talking to each other. Um, are you going to, you're going to be at the the conference in October in, um, in Chicago? Is it Chicago? Is there? Oh, well, um, the, 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 the worship innovators. Oh yes. I'll definitely be there for yes. that. Yeah. Yeah. Worship yeah. Innovators. I think so it's October. I'm going to be at the sing conference in Nashville in beginning of September and then experience conference in, and then in Chicago in October, if anybody wants to come and, say hi that's amazing yeah i love it so uh this podcast is called the table um and i believe good conversation happens over good food like that's mm -hmm. just part of that's just part of it i think <laughs> um so if i was coming over to your house for dinner like what what what's a meal you might serve like what tell us what tell us what dinner looks like at your house oh well i did actually have such a great steak and garlic potatoes Ooh. and asparagus. Uh, so I love that. That's one thing about the food in my life. Another thing, a food secret of mine is my sort of cultural Christian heritage is I'm a Mennonite brethren. So my last name, Dahl, is the very traditional Mennonite name. And uh, there's an entire food history that goes with, you know, being Mennonite. So uh, things like what's something called Svibak, which is like a little bun that's like two halves that are put together. Oh, I just, my mom makes them and as you, you peel them apart and they just Oof. steam. And so I love a Veronica is kind of like a pierogi that, uh, you know, it goes deep. I like food that speaks to my like deep history. Yeah. So and then I like a good steak and potatoes as well. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And are you are you the cook in the family? Are you? Uh, I would say probably not. Uh, my wife is a really great cook, but some days we're just like you know we're both tired. Let's get the old uh, uh, Uber Eats and bring it in because <laughs> we're 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 new empty nesters, right? So it's there different you go. than when you have a house full of teenagers. Yeah. You're like I worked all day. You worked all day. I'm tired. You're tired. Let's. <laughs> so that's the reality of what life is like at our home sometimes. Like last night, I had Subway. So there you go. It's just like, <laughs> it's not all glamour. <laughs> I, uh, I I interviewed uh, Andy Chrisman uh, a few weeks ago um, on the podcast. And he I asked a question and he was like, we don't cook. We use Uber Eats. It's whatever is on the, and then, 
so then I, I I interviewed Mark Harris too, and they're obviously they're they both in for him together. And Mark was like, "I'm a cook. I grill." And I and I was like, "You guys need to get together because Andy doesn't know how to yeah. cook." And this is yeah. <laughs> so I love that you have all of it. You have you cook, yeah. you Uber eats. It's all 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 sides of that conversation. I think that's the reality of life in the modern age. We are we're like that. So yeah, there you go. What uh, anything exciting you guys are working on that you can share with us? Any any anything coming? You'd mentioned a little bit about the Onsong connection. But like, yeah. what is any, any, any future exciting things that are coming from uh price? Yeah, I would say a big area that we are stepping into this may or may not relate to your listeners, but the coral industry has kind of gotten shaken up from COVID. A number of coral companies have, um, you know, folded or sold or just, they're not functional as much anymore. So we're in process right now of trying to reinvent not only the mechanics of how choral music is delivered, but also the sound. I feel like there is a um, like an old church kind of choral sound that comes from the late 80s, 90s, 2000s that is due for an upgrade. So um, I've just hired a new arranger, orchestrator. Uh, who and we're working on a new series called the Signature Sessions, and it's kind of like if Praise Charts could do exactly what it wanted to some of the best songs, and do it with like orchestra, choir, but make it sound like like a rock symphonic power band kind of thing, and still would work for a church that didn't have an orchestra. Here's what it would sound like. So we're gonna roll out the first of these arrangements. Uh, in a couple of weeks and then they're going to start rolling out once every couple of weeks and so that's that's like the most current freshest thing I'm so passionate about that's is, exciting is uh and I'm I'm kind of passionate about the choir because the choir is like a living community on stage and I feel a bit sad that COVID has um shaken that up so we want to help put some fuel back into the fire of that ministry so I love something. it. Mm-hmm. I love it. That's exciting. Uh, yeah. Tell us how we can connect with you. How, how can we connect with Praise Charts and uh, right. Ryan Dole? Well, uh, you know, I uh, we have, of course, praisecharts.com and, uh, and Praise Charts video at YouTube. I do uh, YouTube video or interviews lots. Like last week, I interviewed Brooke Lidgertwood and, uh, uh, you know, lots of times different artists, authors, writers just like what you're doing with me so that's something if you want to check us out on on praise charts and then uh, if you want to follow me personally if you're interested in my little cornhole shenanigans you can go to facebook.com forward slash ryan doll and um you know if you don't look like uh some spooky person from the corner of the world i'll probably accept you as a friend and be happy to share my personal life i've got nothing to hide so i i and I, and I don't post anything, you know, dramatic, political. I don't, I don't get into those debates. I, I don't have time for that. So it's just a little bit of a, a fun dad being a bit silly. Um, that's kind of on my personal side. So that's there you amazing. Go. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Ryan, thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I really appreciate it. And I, I appreciate your, uh, your, your, your corner of the, of, 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 of ministry that is, hmm. That is feeding the church, um, and I appreciate everything that you're doing. I I love the fact that you saw a problem and you and you ran for it, and yeah. uh, all these years later, um, 
all these years later, you are in the business of resourcing churches. And I, that's, yeah. uh, it's the passion of worship leader. It's the passion of my heart. And, uh, and that's why we wanted to get you on here just because it's, it's a, uh, you're doing big things. And I think, mm. um, the, 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 uh, we've only just, we've only just started. And I think yeah. we're all of these, all of these conversations that are coming together that, you know, post COVID, um, launch of ministries and, um, I think big things are around the corner and uh, I'm excited. I'm excited to be a part of it. I'm excited that to have, yeah. to have this conversation. So, yeah. Thank you. It's been a great to be on this. And uh, I love the concept of your show. I love the whole image of the table as well. So thanks for inviting me to your table. Absolutely. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today to the podcast. Um, we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review, like, or subscribe, whatever platform you're listening on. Um, we release episodes weekly, and so that way you're notified when new episodes go live. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Worship Leader or at Worship Leader Podcast. You can also follow me at Jason underscore Squires. But just once again, thanks so much for uh, giving us part of your day and, um, and joining us at the table. We will see you guys next week.